This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Of course I had it in my ear 
Very good evening to you. It's Sunday, October the the tenth, twenty twenty one, or nineteen seventy seven. That was uh, Iggy Pop and Last for Life, and this is totally wired. How are you doing, Jack? I'm uh, fine t- uh, tonight. You're always fine, really. Uh, you can't be that opening, can that drum beat opening again? I talked about it last mm. week. I'm a real sucker for the the kind of opening of a song. Just, Being percussive. Just, yeah, or, or maybe like you say, like a good bass line or something, just just brings you into it. You know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't listened before, uh, then then at the start of the year we started in 1954, didn't we? Yes. And now we we're did. in 1977, mm-hmm. and yeah. we've you know we've grown our hair, we've taken some acid, and we're wearing you know, bad clothes, rock and roll, all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know. And now we're uh, in 1977, punk rock. So the disco scene didn't have good clothes. The rock <laughs> scene didn't have good clothes. Uh, what, what, was you, what do you think? No, you like you like the leather jacket and the the teddy bo- the kind of the white t shirt leather jacket of the fifties. You you definitely like that. Yeah, I think it's a good look. Yeah, yeah. that was that was your favourite, surely. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of the fifties and that sort of look, um, unfortunately, uh, nineteen seventy seven is the year Elvis Presley dies. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, called the king of rock and roll, he was found dead um, of a heart attack at the age of 42 Yes, uh, in his mansion uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee is a much more important city than you think. Well, actually, Memphis, but then Nashville. Both those cities are important for music. Music, oh, yeah. And yeah. they brought, brought, it became sort of the center for a lot of people in the South to sort of go and um, pursue a music career. Mm. And um, anyway, uh, so fans around the world mourned him and um unfortunately he um th- the fame that he got uh really took its toll because he struggled with drug abuse um health issues and unfortunately his wife divorces him and yeah uh yeah he was young wasn't he when he died yeah he would be uh, 86 uh right now if uh he still lived yeah mm. how old was he when he died remind me 42 42 mm. it's very young isn't it yeah it is yeah yeah yeah, awful. Uh, and of course, there's not a young kids of um, the punk rock movement kind of quite enjoyed it that he died, which was terrible, really. Oh, it was sad. That, that's well, bad. They kind of they they saw him as like the old guard, and he represented the kind of you know, yeah. Not not I don't think it was necessarily a personal thing, but it was like you know, it's not a personal thing, but no, it's it was like the, the, death, to the death of rock and roll. 
in yeah. a sense, you know. And then arrogantly maybe some of them thought, Oh yes, well, now we're gonna bring punk and Yeah, that's right. We're gonna Which d- was just, just another form of rock and roll anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually John Rotten actually he would spoiler alert, he'd eventually figure that out. Yeah. And he'd get suddenly disillusioned with punk. Yes. <laughs> which is yes. pretty funny. That's right. Mm. Okay. Let's hear Elvis, shall we? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey, you get closer. The lights are golden.
sex and drugs and rock and roll is very good indeed. Every bit of clothing ought to make you pretty. You can cut the clothing, grey is such a pity. I should wear the clothing of Mr. Walter Mitty. See my tailor, he's called Simon. I know it's going to fit. You're quite welcome, it is free Don't do nothing that is cutless You know what that'll make you be They will try their tricky device Trap you with the ordinary Get your teeth into a small slice The cake of liberty Ian and Jury uh, and Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, which with his blockheads, he was with his blockheads. Yeah, mm, yeah. yes. Uh, that was banned by the BBC, wasn't it? I think. I think we did it in our banned by the BBC show I can a couple of that. years ago. Uh, and and no offence to Elvis fans, but I had to follow Elvis's death with that. Really, of course, obviously. Uh, what else is happening in 1977? What can you tell us, Jack? Um, well, um, I guess I could talk about a, a blackout in New York City because. I think what results, what happens is um, a little bit interesting because I didn't actually know that um, of this event. Uh, so um, on July the 13th, um, it, late in the evening, a lightning strike hits a substation at the, at the Hudson, Hudson River and it trips two circuit breakers. So that's pretty bad. Random yeah, lightning yeah, strike, yeah. strike sort of um, causes these, these electrical problems. And then only five minutes later, a second lightning strike causes the loss of two transmission lines and the loss of power from a 900-megawatt nuclear power plant. Mm. Okay, that's... Scary. That's pretty bad. Ten minutes... Well, actually, 13 minutes later, a third lightning strike takes out two additional uh, tra- critical transmission lines at um, another power plant. And then, eventually, it just... Um, this critical substation... Um, trips uh, due to thermal overload and um, it, this just sort of escalates into um, all of New York City being blacked out for um, uh, a total of uh, 25 hours. All oh, right, completely right. Yeah. yeah. And what happens well, is that lightning never strikes twice, but it struck, struck three times. Not in the same place, but well, it's similar sort causing of the same it's causing the same problem. Effects, the same problems. Mm. Um, and then so during this blackout, 4,000 people had to be evacuated from the substation. 
uh, sub, subwest um, system of New York. Um, that yeah, was exactly. stopped working, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1,616 stores were damaged in looting and rioting, <laughs> and 550 police officers were injured during this civil disorder. Right. While 4,500 looters were arrested. And, um. Doesn't it, take. Well, I, well, I always find it funny, or not funny, it's not funny at all. It doesn't take much to get a looter on the street, does it? Um. Yeah, it doesn't take much for someone, you know, to, to suddenly go out and smash some shop windows. You'd think that, but I think there were some more, some more factors that caused this random sort of act of, um, anarchy in New York City during that summer and yeah. well first of all it was a hot summer and the heat wave caused tempers to flare there was also no air conditioning because of the electricity gone um, it happened after dark so that perhaps played into um, you know riling up the, the youths um, and uh, what else I, can understand. I guess it was also 1977 when the economy was kind of going badly and Jimmy Carter was on TV saying uh, you know um, you should use less power. What did he? Yeah, <laughs> stop he did using, actually. Stop using electricity. Uh, yeah, he said Americans should be conscious of their energy consumption, something, something right. like, like Which that. Which is a good thing to say, but probably just annoys people, doesn't it? That sort of message does annoy people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I wasn't say I was just saying that, that any sort of riot and you always get some looters coming out, don't you? Mm. They seem to just appear you know opportunistic stuff i guess isn't it yeah and if you're poor then you know you see a chance to get a tv or something don't you mm. there's also or a financial something. crisis in the country at that time right so um that probably contributed to it as well yeah all right oh thank you jack I've n i didn't know that either that 20 and the worst thing about doing see when we did 1954 i had a very good reason for not remembering it because i wasn't born then but when we do 1977 actually i was like uh 14 maybe 13 maybe or something like that. So yeah. I sh maybe should remember some things, but I don't remember that at all. It was in New York City, so but, uh, you'll right. remember the events of London more. Well, maybe. I hope so. Otherwise, my memory is like really <laughs> failing me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yes, I'll test you. You just, just prompt me. Give me a little sign or something. Yeah. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> David Bowie.
That was a David Bowie and Breaking Glass from the album uh, Low. He, he released two albums in 1977. Mm-hmm. A bit greedy. Both very good. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, so, so Punk was up and running. Yes. And um, one massive uh, band that would contribute to Punk was The Clash. Yeah. And um, in a way, I think they um, made Punk um, quite popular with some of their later stuff. And they sort of gave a popular way to sort of deliver punk music instead of the raw sort of... They, they, weren't, they weren't very kind of um, filthy and smelly mm. or, you know, kind of nasty. Yes. Really. They, they had a kind of attitude of uh, almost revolutionary kind of... Yeah, they had a rebellious stand. attitude, but it was and more... Yeah, it was more like, more like a kind of working class, left-wing kind of stand that they, they took, perhaps. You know, yeah, yeah, rather than the um, sort of vandalous, well, sex pistol. nihilistic stuff of just like, you no, know, we're all going to die, so who cares? And just like mm. smash everything up, and you yeah. know, let's just get drunk and that kind of stuff. The Clash a bit more, uh, yeah, they appeal to a different type of punk, perhaps, yeah, or a different type of person. I'd yeah. say that, yeah, yeah. They released their debut album just called The Clash in April of 1977, yeah, and um, they were one of the one of the first punk bands to be commercially successful. Which also kind of brings in the subversion of the punk movement. Oh, wait, we're not supposed to be popular. We're not supposed to be making money. That's what some punks would say. Yeah. Well, Mm. popularity is okay, but the making of the money, perhaps. um, Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, annoyed people a bit. I can understand that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as they wouldn't, you know, perhaps perform at concerts with quadraphonic sort of um, sound systems like Pink Floyd would do, I'm sure they'll be fine. Yes, mm. I'm sure they did at some point in the future. In the future, yeah, there probably were punk f- bands like Green Day that would do that. Yes, I'm sure The Clash <laughs> probably did it later in their career. Anyway, this is The Clash on White Riot. <laughs>
That was The Clash and White Riot from 1977. Um, meanwhile, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. It's only a laser sword fight. Don't be scared. It's only the Death Star destroying another world. Relax. It's only a movie, and it's all for fun. Director George Lucas and 20th Century Fox present... Star Wars. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Well, Jack, there's a new film coming out. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Yes. Don't be alarmed. I like that. Don't, don't be alarmed. It's only the Death Star destroying another planet. <laughs> yeah. It's an odd uh, advertising pitch. Yeah, radio ad from 77. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope premiered in 1977, uh, written and directed by George Lucas, and um, it was a huge success. Yeah, it must have been weird to see Episode Four. Just that's part of the title, and everyone would just see that and uh, think. Then kind of makes sense. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Yes. To them. I'm sure there were people who were saying, "Oh, well, when did the other three come out? I miss, <laughs> I missed them." You know? Yeah. Were they in like the early 70s or something? Mm. Or but I, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember because I was only 13 and I didn't like Star Wars. Yeah, so. you'd think that this would turn people off, but it broke box office, rec- bo- yeah, box yeah. office Oscars, records. Oscars won Oscars all sorts six of things. Six, yeah. uh, six uh, Academy Awards, yes. including Best Visual Effects and Best Original Score. Yeah. Uh, for Original Score, I'd say, deserves it, definitely. Yes. yes. And it had better visual effects than most films at, at that stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so some, of the, some of the early adverts that I listened to for this or, or and before they say, they say things like uh, you know, Luke Skywalker is in love with this princess or something mm-hmm. but you know when you know it's his sister you think oh, <laughs> it's, it's just like disgusting you know isn't yeah, it some, you a, know? some of those ads romance, were not romance with Princess Leia yeah. you know it's like well it's not because <laughs> you know and there isn't any romance really is there I mean this is kind of like vague attraction but they're clearly brother and sister well actually Luke does say in the film oh she's beautiful and then that sort of motivates him to save her yeah, but um, yeah. Turns out, uh, she's his sister. His uh, sister. Yes, mm. that's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And all all based on a on a Japanese Kurosawa film, of course. That mm. was. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sounds a whole different story. Uh, Lucas was Lucas would uh, help out Kurosawa later on in his career when Kurosawa was going through a rough patch. Yeah, that's good. He, he mm. should he should do because he helped Kurosawa helped him in the first place. Yeah. Probably. In 1980, I think uh, they met and. Uh, Lucas would then sponsor Kurosawa's later projects, yeah. and he would make um, an interesting yeah. samurai film in 1985. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you like Star Wars? Uh, I don't mind it. I just feel like it. I just the, the cultural phenomenon of it, and some of the way like fans that fans express their love of Star Wars kind of makes me not want to like Star Wars. No, nauseating, isn't it? A bit nauseating, but I I, I love the. Uh, the, the the memes of Star Wars, I think the memes are really good. Right. Um, okay. And then, um, like the uh, the aesthetic and the sort of the worlds that they sometimes come up with, I think are pretty interesting and look pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind Star Wars. I I grew up kind of thinking that you couldn't really like two different alternative universes. If you liked Star Trek, you couldn't like Star Wars. Oh. You know, like. It's like they're, so you, they're, they're so not they're not compatible in some way. Like like how can you? So you are a Star Trek elitist then? Yeah, you can, well, you, well, possibly, <laughs> okay. possibly. I mean, you can 
how can you how can you like live in one universe in your head not in your head but you know like, like how can you in your head star trek but how did you say in your head well, yeah, well something like that you know you, uh-huh. get, you get involved in the universe don't you yes and you can't have that if if the other ones exists as well i mean you can't have both maybe i probably disagree can. probably you can yeah 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 that's fair enough jack what i really mm-hmm. liked about can i just talk about punk a bit sure I, l- I like this um, when I heard this next song it, it just made me think this is something different that's happening right now because uh, it was just kind of different okay I mean I can only explain that actually punk uh, opened up avenues to people it made it accessible to people who uh, couldn't weren't making music before and that's what was so good about it that yeah. it wasn't like just a, a university educated man yeah, in his make, 30s who mm. was making music it was actually any anybody could probably do it if they had a bit of talent or or even just a bit of cash to to go and record something yes yeah so this is x-ray specs <laughs> some people think little girls should be seen and not heard but i think oh bondage up yours one two three four X-ray specs and uh, oh bondage up yours. Uh, so uh, yeah, 
so so a saxophone kind of in a punk band was kind of a little bit odd i think at that time no i think it's creative yeah i think it's creative too um but um it was kind of like just felt kind of weird and the and the lead singer there is called polystyrene okay get it Mm -hmm. polystyrene yeah yeah but she was like this 17 year old person from like the south coast of england (laughs) you know uh you know just kind of really old stuff anyway Mm -hmm. what else was going on in 77 that i missed um because i was well doing um, something else uh the panama canal was apparently owned by the united states until 1977 did they sell it uh no what happened was a lot of protests happened in panama because well so this canal (laughs) was built in like 1914 yeah and um it was opened to the world to just make the passage between the pacific and atlantic oceans shorter Yeah, yeah um america did it it was an american sort of um way to stamp their mark on the world yes and they owned it for um a good you know 60 years until panama just cut on protesting to dispute the ownership because it was in their country Fair enough. and you have this sort of and there's money to be made from the canal isn't there obviously because ships have to pay to yeah. go through i mean yeah and it's this ironic thing where america is talking about decolonization and how important it is for nations should yeah, have sovereignty, have sovereignty yeah. and then they own this incredibly profitable sort of venture yeah. in panama and yeah. the panamans are just like what what are you doing this is our canal we run it and yeah. you then make all the money um and then eventually uh after a lot of protesting um mostly by students by the way um the u.s starts to negotiate um the control over the panama canal and eventually in like 1999 uh full panama control would suddenly take effect i don't know why it took yeah. that long 22 years <laughs> yeah student pr- protests mm-hmm. that's weird isn't it jimmy carter should have just like given it to them really i think a big problem was the um issue of neutrality over the canal uh, the americans did yeah you don't make you don't, sure you don't want to uh, you know panama suddenly saying oh actually no the cubans can't use it or yeah or the ecuadorians can't use it you know that kind mm. of stuff and so I, you want to make it like a it should be owned, owned by the world shouldn't it that sort of thing yeah yeah it's, oh, it's like, a thing where we ha- we want every single country to be able to go through it because in um the suez canal uh egypt restricted ac- access yes to western nations when they supported israel in yes. the six-day war yeah if Panama exercised that control over the Panama Canal, yeah. that's what I believe America must have been thinking in yes. that case. Yeah, not the money then. Maybe that's factored in a little bit too, but I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. Who knows? Who would know, yes. I, I wouldn't know, actually. No. Oh, anyway. Thank you, Jack. Uh, this is a band called Wire. <laughs> Be sure to tread carefully, steering a passage, finding a line, cut a jump fast. 
vibrations, kidding but expression remains planned. Radio for all, radio, I'm still in control. Understand, I have, I have movement. Stop, dash, 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 Turning round across the street, no resting grace will sustain. Let ya calling death, so will I do. Stop dash, 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 Te reo irirangi o te tauihu o te waka Māori, Fresh FM, tauke! Talking Heads uh, and Who Is It from their first album Talking Heads 77 mm. uh, before that it was Wire and Dot Dash is this uh, the Talking Heads uh, first album yes mm, nice yeah 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 it was they're, a good, good album good they're album. a really unique band yes um, okay well, yeah there was, there was, I, I felt yeah maybe at the time I didn't notice but looking back there's, there's kind of different kind of styles emerging of different mm. kind of bands really it's quite good and quite sort of time. slightly influ- influenced by punk even, yeah, even yeah. the most sort of artist or artistically sort of different stuff. Yes, and even I think Bowie's 
uh, music this year reminded me a bit of punk music. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and and the first track we played, Iggy Pop, Last for Life, was kind of very punky. Oh yes, in a bit. Yeah, hmm. but of course he was. I mean, he was the first punk really with the Stooges. I mean, you can't. Hmm. Yeah, you can't really not listen. You can't listen to the Stooges and not think about a punk rock, can you? Yeah, you know, like anyway. So let's talk football. Sure. I passed the test when you asked me when the Swedish World Cup was. Yes, it was. So my, mem- my memory was, was great, yes. even though I wasn't alive then. There's no World Cup this year, but in 1958 yes. was the Swedish World Cup, and that was, um, I think it was the first World Cup or second World Cup that Brazil wins. Uh-huh. And they w- it was all thanks to this uh, young teenager called Pele. Yeah. And in 1977, um, 19 years later, Pele retires. Yeah. And... Um, He's considered to be one of the best football players of all time uh, for good reasons, because he won three World Cups for Brazil and he scored a total of 1,281 goals in his career. Yeah, that's a lot. So that's a lot. That's yeah, it is. It is. a massive amount. Most players don't get to 1,000 yeah. alone. So he, he was just crazily good at a time when there weren't lots of very, very good players, I guess. You know, so mm. he, it was just like a natural for him. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So... Yeah. Um, and then uh, as, as for his last game his last professional game they had an ex- ex- exhibition match and it was between the Santos which was his first professional team uh-huh. and the New York Cosmos which was his final professional yeah, team yeah. Uh, and then what happened was that Pele played for the Cosmos during the first half Yes. and then for the second half he switched teams to play for Santos and did they both win because of him uh, no. well the Cosmos won 2-1 to one. right did he score all three goals uh, my information doesn't say. Yeah, okay. So that would have been great, wouldn't it? Mm. Like, that would have been good. Or yeah. I think we're really good if you could like switch sides during a game. You know, mm. I, I still play occasionally. I still like to. I'd, I'd like to maybe in a like playing a game where I could just say, uh, I'd, I'd, "I'm going to switch. I'm going to play for the other team right now and well, just like switch across." If you want to ever do that, you'd have to score <laughs> at least over <laughs> 1, a thousand goals. career goals so. in order not to be kind of beaten up by all yeah. the people on the team. But you could do you could do like a swap with the other player. Say, yeah. okay, we'll swap now, and you be on uh-huh. that team, and I'll be on that team. It's probably not going to work, is it? Yeah, you could sabotage the chances and ruin the integrity of the game. Well, you, you could just you could switch the winning team like with two minutes to go, couldn't you? <laughs> if, if you were that sort of person, uh-huh, yeah. which I'm not, of course. I, I quite don't mind losing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you, Jack. But wait, if you play for both teams, would you win or would you would you lose? Well, yeah, everyone's a winner when they play, aren't they? Really. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they say to young children, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the, what they say. It's the stranglers. Because 
of the Stranglers and hanging around. Uh, they were like in their 20s or early 30s, the Stranglers. So they were kind of an unlikely punk ensemble, hmm. really. I really sounded a bit like the Doors, I thought, but anyway. Yeah, they'd have the influences organs. of yeah. 60s bands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so New Zealand. Uh, had yes. A, a big thing happened. Um, oh, we produced our first uh, film fully here well, with no outside help. I fully funded and fully, yeah. Made in New Zealand. Made it was Zealand. called Sleeping Dogs. Yeah. Based on uh, a novel called Smith's Dream by C.K. Stead. Yes. It's a good movie. Yep. It attracted large audiences, but also was released in uh, the USA. Uh-huh. And it depicted large-scale unrest that just Kiwis did not sort of comprehend or understand. And then uh, seven, four years later, during the 1981 Springbok tour, it became sort of a prophetic sort of... Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. There was trouble then. Yep. Um, it's still talked about today. There was an article in the news today about, about the Springboks thing, about the the judges that are currently running or, or, or looking after the legal system were some of the ones who were involved in that in the 80s anyway oh yeah Yeah, I could imagine that yeah yeah Um, and so um, because of the the success of the film it led to the uh, um, establishment of the New Zealand Film Commission yeah and that funds production of New Zealand cinema cinema. and I'm sure that it is going alive and strong and was important in helping the creation of Lord of the Rings Uh, that would happen like 24 years later the second best New Zealand film ever yeah (laughs) Mm. Well, <laughs> I, I do. I do think it's. Well, what, what do you think is the best one? Sleeping Dogs. Why? No, I don't really. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, something else that happens in New Zealand is uh, the Queen visits, and she uh, opens Parliament. Yeah, and and it's she opens. She opens it. She's doing a big tour of the Commonwealth for yes. important reasons because. Uh, 1977 is her silver jubilee yes which is a tradition in England when the monarch has their 25th year of reign yeah they will um, have this massive sort of procession that goes through Glasgow that starts wherever they want I guess but she started in Glasgow and then she toured bits of Scotland and they went down all the way to uh, winter there was street parties and everything yes people put tables out in the street and everyone everyone had a party in the streets yes, and, and they would wear all their put all these like you know, English jacks. flags yeah. and Union Jacks on yeah. uh, no, but she, she didn't visit Northern Ireland by the way no of course not no yeah. it's a bit dangerous but mm, yeah. yeah but that, that I remember, I remember celebrating all those celebrations it was good mm-hmm. well it was alright there was like cake and lemonade probably that kind of stuff yeah yeah anyway there was this too <laughs>
the Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen. Mm-hmm. We mean it, man. Uh, anyway, that's it. Yeah. Um, I should um, apologise. Uh, the Queen actually visited Northern Ireland mm. um, in 1977 as part of the Super Ju- Silver Ju- Jubilee um, celebrations, but she did it after the big procession to Windsor. Right. Uh, and she did it, did it under tight security. Of course she did, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for that uh, correction, Jack. Mm-hmm. That's all we've got time for. Okay. This has been Totally Wide, and we've been in 1977, and mm-hmm. we'll be there next week as well. Yes. So please listen in. Okay. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Good night. We're going to finish with uh, Bob Marley, uh, and of course, as we're going to leave, it's called Exodus. Mm-hmm. Good See night. You. See you next week.
Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.